0: If you have an older student who is doing science, you probably are dealing with labs and the, shall we say mess? Yeah, there's some mess involved, but you might be thinking, what's the point of making that mess, of doing those labs? Is it even necessary? Today, we're going to discuss all things related to science labs with Karen Smith. Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer. Joining me today is Karen Smith. Karen, I'm glad you're here to discuss this topic. Um, We get questions about it a lot. I've questioned it as my kids were going through middle school and high school. So here's the topic, science labs. Whenever I ask people, do I have to do these? Why do I have to do these? Usually the only answer I get is, Well, for graduation, for credits, you have to include them for credits. Can we get past that? Can you give me other reasons, especially if my child's not going to college or is not gonna pursue a science career, why do
1: science labs? Well, first off, they're fun. (laughs) (laughs) I I know they're not fun for a lot of people because they're not comfortable with science. Yes. But they are fun and they're well worth the time, the mess and the expense for your children to do them. So let's talk about some of the reasons besides college transcripts and that type of stuff. Yes,
0: yeah, please do. What are some other reasons that science labs should be done?
1: Doing the science labs gives your child a hands-on way to relate to what they are reading in their science books. That's a very important thing. We can read about how some experiment was performed, but doing it yourself is eye-opening. It gives you that experience.
0: That's like we can read uh, about a naturalist's time observing beavers, Mm -hmm. but... It's not the same as us going to observe them for ourselves and forming our own relation. It's kind of a second-hand relation, if you will, instead of a first-hand. Yes, just reading it. So instead of just reading about the experiment, doing it helps your child build that first-hand relation. Yes. That makes total sense. And
1: and also, not just reading about experiments, but also some of the material in a science book. Being able to do that in a hands-on way helps those ideas um, cement them in your child's mind.
0: Yes, that makes sense, yes. Because relations are all about a shared experience that has involved your emotions and your imagination that when you think back on it, you can picture uh, the scene. Yes. And so it it makes sense then, making the mess, I'm just gonna call it that because that's what we think of it, Yes, Uh, making that mess, personally involves some kind of emotional experience and um, you can think back on what I saw happen for myself.
1: Yes, it would be similar to watching somebody paint a picture, Mm -hmm. giving instruction on how to do it, but you never do it yourself.
0: Oh yeah, like the creating a masterpiece videos that we recommend so often. Sitting and watching Sharon do a pastel painting It's not the same as doing it yourself. That's a very good comparison.
1: So very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Another reason is that doing the experiments teaches that science is fallible. Science is not settled ever. And so when your children perform the experiments, they learn firsthand that there are things that can go wrong. Oh, that's a good point. That you can't control. Yeah. Or that It doesn't always
0: work. It know, doesn't always work. If you mess up this little tiny bit or... oh,
1: And it can be something that is, you know, very minor. The container you used was not completely clean. Oh, yeah. And it changes everything in the experiment. Or the day that you do the experiment compared to when the author of the book did the experiment, the weather conditions might be different. And that could affect your experiment. So there's all these little subtleties, but it shows you that science, yes, it's good to study it, but it is not, I mean, it is fallible.
0: Yeah, it's not infallible. Yes, Yes, it is fallible, right. That's, That's a great point because I think a lot of times when we're doing these experiments, we feel pressure that we have to do it exactly right. And if we don't get the same result, as yes. it says, we have failed and it's been you know, a waste of time, and, but that's a great way to look at it.
1: And science, there's a lot of failure in science. True. I mean, we hold up great scientists as look at what they did, but we don't often hear all the things that they failed at. I mean, all the experiments that failed before yes. they hit upon the one that they could reproduce and that worked. And they learned something from that. Now, they learned from the feelings, too, what didn't work. Yes, yes. So it's all about that learning.
0: And again, that's developing a relation with those scientists who lived in the past. Now you have a better empathy for what they went through. You see them as persons yes, rather than just name, accomplishment, check it off, we're done. I like that, too. These are good reasons, Karen. Yeah. Okay, give me some more. And
1: also, to go with that science is fallible, you also learn that it's complicated. Uh, True. Same types of things. When you hear about a study that proves, put that in quotes, (laughs) that... I noticed you were rolling your eyes there, yeah. Well, we see them all the time on the news. Okay. This study shows that caffeine is good for you. Or drinking so many cups of coffee can benefit your health in this way. And you wait a few months, and then they'll have a study that shows you how it's not good for you. Yeah, yeah. But what they never tell you is about the study itself. What was the sample size? What were they actually trying to find out? What were their controls? Uh, You know, all these things... This is how science is complicated. Mm -hmm. There's so much, knowing that it is fallible, there are so many things that that you could inject error into a study, and that's why it's important that experiments are done over and over and over again. They need to be reproducible. If they're not, then you know something's wrong. Mm Mm -hmm. And this
0: is going to help our children with their logical
1: thinking skills as well. Yes. That everything that they hear, particularly in the science world, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Because who said, you know, months, years later, what we thought we knew about science may change. And it does change. Yeah, it's like a pendulum swinging Mm -hmm to two different so extremes a lot of times. Yes.
0: That's a great point.
1: One more. Okay. Doing the experiments is the easiest way to teach the scientific method. All those words, hypothesis, theory, law, principle, fact, those all come out when you're doing experiments.
0: Okay, for those who are not versed in science, what is the scientific method? Because you said the scientific method. Can you just explain that, please?
1: So, with the scientific method, you, should, you form a hypothesis. What do I think will happen? This will happen. Okay. When I'm doing this experiment, when I'm doing this, what do I think will happen? A theory can be formed after you've performed the experiment. Ooh, this happened. So, I think this is what will always occur. That's a theory.
0: Okay. So you have a hypothesis, then you do an experiment, and then you form a theory based on the results of that experiment. And
1: when you can prove that theory over and over and over again, it becomes a law.
0: Oh, as you said, if the experiment comes out the same way every Mm -hmm. time, then you can call it a law. You can call
1: your theory a law. Yes. So there's a progression in science. So I mean, there are things that that we have in our world today that are still theories. Now they're not usually um, spoken of in that way, um, but they are still yeah, theories. Evolution comes to mind. Evolution cannot be proved. So, and, but a so, law
0: then would be like gravity. Yes. That's a law, because yes. every time I let go of something, it falls right. downward.
1: We have, we have several laws that, that, we, that Newton, Isaac Newton, came up with, and they are called laws because they have been proven over and over and over so again. So he went
0: through that scientific mm-hmm. process, yes. the, the method. It's that, right, that's called the scientific, scientific method. method? Okay, mm-hmm. that's the sequence of events. Yes. Okay, thank so you. So
1: doing your labs, doing your experiments, helps with that, because you are working through those on your own through that whole method and yes. process mm-hmm. getting that experience that with, firsthand experience
0: with guidance mm-hmm. which is so helpful you're not yes. you know floundering around by yourself like so many of the scientists had to do yes that's great
1: so those are those are my reasons beyond just you need it for your high school transcript or to get into college
0: those are great reasons it's very encouraging even if a child is not going to pursue a scientific career those reasons just resonate with charlotte's philosophy of a broad education but let me ask this now we're talking about charlotte's philosophy um she was very careful with the elementary children not to have them use a lot of apparatus apparatuses apparati I don't know the plural of that, but not to use an apparatus very often. Lots of equipment. Uh, there you go, equipment. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean, you know, labs are not Charlotte Mason?
1: No, not, not at all. Um, you can do many of the middle school and high school level labs with common household items. Now you might have to go to the store and buy a rubber band or something like that. Maybe something you don't normally have on hand, but you should be able to find what you need in stores. High school biology, there might be some exceptions. Um, If your child um, really likes biology, you might want to do all of the labs in the science book, and you might have to invest in a microscope or borrow one from a friend. You might need to buy um, a set of dissection tools and get the specimens for doing dissection. Um, microscope is a good is a great expense if you're going to get a good quality one. So that might be something you might want to budget for if you think you might need one. Dissection tools and the specimens are not very expensive you just have to plan for them make sure you get them before you need them <laughs> that can be helpful but, yeah but most of the most of the experiments household items you might use a juice glass you might use a bowl you might use vinegar or baking soda or sugar or salt or A battery. I mean those types of things are what you're going to use.
0: Okay, because I always think of it as I need all of these specialty chemicals that are going to be kept in a locked cabinet and if it spills it's going to burn a hole in my carpet. You know, that type of thing is what I think of when I think of labs.
1: No, Um, I mean there may be some chemicals that you use, but there's still things like um, drain cleaner. That you can get at the store, and yes, you need to be just as careful with that in your science lab as you do using it yeah, to clear to clear your drain. Yeah, yeah. But but it's not going to be these the chemicals that we think of with a chemistry Exploded. lab right, and that <laughs> sort of a thing. So you know, no no worries there on that type of a thing. I mean, you can do experiments with household items, and don't be too concerned about not having you know a complete chemistry lab in your home type thing. A child who who has a love for science, a child who goes on to college and maybe majors in a science, will be able to do the labs at that level with the proper equipment, with a full chemistry lab, with no problem. They, they learn how to use the equipment in college. So you don't have to be too concerned about that. A friend of mine was telling me how one of her sons had what most of us do, you know, you're basic, you work through a book for biology or chemistry or whatever science your child is working through and did the labs with household items. And he had no problem doing chemistry at the college level. Not just one chemistry course, but two.
0: So what I'm hearing
1: is the important thing is the mental process
0: and the firsthand experience with things in the world around us. Yes. And the actual figuring out how to use equipment is not the hard part and that'll yes. come later. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so let me ask one more question though. Um, how often are we doing these experiments? And does it vary depending on if the child's really science bent and scientifically minded versus a child who is much more into, you know, literature and English and they're doing the science but it's not their passion. Does the number of experiments or the frequency of experiments vary?
1: Depends on the course. So for most middle school and high school level courses, your student will do about three, on average, three to four labs per chapter.
0: chapter? Yes. Okay. And And how long does the chapter usually,
1: a chapter a week? Two to two and a half weeks for a chapter. Okay. So they might do two experiments in a week. Okay. If, If they're doing four for that chapter. Some chapters might, very few chapters have more than three or four. Some actually have less than that. So it depends on what material is being covered in that chapter. But on average, three to four. So you know, over two weeks, two to two and a half weeks, your child might do three, maybe four experiments. Okay. Um, biology, in particular, there uh, for the we recommend discovering design with biology
0: from Berean Builders from Berean Written Builders. By Weil.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. in that course, your child has a choice. They must do all of the. Experiments that use household items. Okay. But then they have a choice of either doing all of the household item experiments and the microscope experiments, or all of the household items experiments uh-huh. and the dissection experiments, or all three.
0: Oh, so they can so, level it up or down according yes. to their
1: passion. Yes. How clever. So In that case, you can, you know, if you have a child who doesn't particularly like biology and knows that they're not going to go into a biology field of study, you can choose household items and one of the other ones. Maybe you choose the dissection one so you don't have to buy that microscope.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a good point. Yes.
1: (laughs) Or maybe your child is more interested in seeing things through a microscope than they are in
0: cutting up something. Cutting something up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so you can tailor that part to your child.
0: I really like how you wrote the um, schedule into our individual studies lesson plans for grades seven and eight, mm-hmm. when they are starting to get into the Berean Builder science courses. Yes. And you you wrote those daily lessons so that you're combining, like the experiments for that week are all on this particular
1: day. And when, they, when they're going to do experiments on a day, they have less reading than on a day that does not have an experiment. Because experiments do take time to do, and you need to allow for that time in the time you have for the student to do their science. And so, you know, cut back on the reading when you're going to do an experiment.
0: So what I'm hearing is you don't have to be so concerned about keeping lockstep with that book where I read this much and then it says to do this experiment and then it tells me what they what they concluded from the experiment after it. There's more reading. I don't have to stop the reading at that point, put it away, go do the experiment, regardless of how much time is left in our schedule for the day, regardless of anything else. I don't have to be handcuffed by that. I could read on and see, oh, there's another experiment on the next page. Read about that. And then, okay, tomorrow, I'm gonna do both of those hands-on just to reinforce what
1: I read about. That works? You can do that if that's what works best for your family. Um, Doing them as you come to them is recommended, but sometimes that doesn't work in a household like it does in a classroom. Yes. And so do what works for your family. And, yeah, you can do that.
0: I love that they have the flexibility. We have flexibility to make this fit our family. But the ideas that you've given us about the importance of them, it's like, yeah, you can tweak it to make it fit. But if you skip them, you're doing your child a disservice. Yes,
1: they should have the, that hands-on experience of doing what they have been reading about
0: forming that first-hand relation with it, with the emotions, with the, I can see it in my mind's eye, with doing it for yourself, not just watching somebody else do it. Yes. I love it. Great ideas. Thanks, Karen. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll leave links in the description for the science courses that we talked about and that we recommend from Berean Builders, written by Jay Weil. Thanks for joining me.